This might sound strange, but I bet if you went now and spoke to the people about the days after the earthquakes, there'd be fondness in their voices. Not for what we're lost. Don't misunderstand me, there were plenty of tragedy to go around, but for what were gained. For a moment, while the council counted their legs, we had a chance to see what we could do for each other. People across Embrace came together to look after their own. Pubs and schools and temples became refuges for people to sleep, meeting places to organise our work. Groups set out getting supplies anywhere they could, as factory workers snuck back after our shifts and stripped our workplaces of valuable metals. With no food coming across the ion, we tended to our own gardens, on our balconies, in our parks, in the fleshwood. Great kitchens were set up so that everyone were fed. We broke bread with neighbours that we'd only ever nodded at in the street. Our every working minute was spent caring for one another. Those moments were to be just a glimpse though. They'd soon be brought to an end. Disaster brings out the best in communities, but the worst in authority. I can't remember if it was Saravoma or Boktiv that said that, but either way, it were to prove prophetic. As we banded together in the wards, the great families and their council began to fear and envy what we built. And if we'd wanted the glimpse we'd had to mean anything, we'd have to weather it. There's a beetle in the castings. It spends its days collecting scrapings of bone bark and forming them into balls with the litter on the floor. Then it rolls them to its nest. Any mound or rise in the earth is like a great hill to it, and it might take that beetle dozens of attempts to roll its ball to the top. Each time it fails, that ball comes rolling back down, and most of the time, it lands right at the bottom. But not always, though. Sometimes, it catches, halted by a divot or a rock or a stick. Now, we knew the city's strength. We had little power in the face of it. Not at that point. All we could do was to roll our ball up the hill, and when they came to knock it back down, hope that it stuck. All we could do was to give ourselves a chance. They were coming, and we had to know where to stand proud and fight, and where to retreat back into the ginnels. Welcome to These Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today are Ryan Evans. Hi, I'm Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. Thryn Henderson. Hey, I'm Thryn, and you can find me on Twitter at Thryn. Steve Martin. Hello, I'm Steve, and I'm on Twitter at purple underscore Steve. Beck Mihalik. Hi, I'm Beck, and you can find me on Twitter at r underscore Mihalik. And Elizabeth Simones. Hiya, I'm Ziz. You can find me on Twitter at CSilfGames. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can follow me on Twitter at AtDixon. And you can follow the show on Twitter at FlimsyRituals. So the first thing that we do for downtime is we work out payoff. And this comes in two different forms. The first is rep and the second is coin. And basically you get two rep per score by default and you get bonus rep if you, you're you fighting a higher tier, which both both scores were. So we did a little bit of this off screen before recording, but we'll very quickly go over it. 
So the voting score ended up with six rep, and the Oaken score got five rep for 11 in total, which I think allowed you to advance in tier, which means the Jubilant maybe are now tier one strong. And then for coin, because you didn't really set up payment before the score, I had like each crew give a fortune roll. And if I'm right, I think the the voting score got four coin, and the Oaken score got six coin, I think. Nilcat probably paid you some some money, and you probably like managed to steal some stuff from the fancy buildings that you broke into, as well as your your coin that you gained. You also gained a claim. Oh yes, we did. Uh, we gained sympathizers, um, which I think me and Ryan talked about. That being basically the people we facilitated voting for are now kind of viewing as favorably, particularly the political candidate themselves is maybe someone we could have an amount of help from. Yeah, so that's Saravoma Glass, I think. So I think it's a mix of like their influence and their favour, with also people knowing that the Jubilant maybe were the people that helped this score. Yeah, so sympathizers is we get plus 1D to gather info for scores. That sounds great. And then the bit after that is heat. And this is where things got fun. <laughs> <laughs> so... Zero heat is a smooth and quiet score, low exposure. Two heat is contained, standard exposure. Four is loud and chaotic, high exposure. Six heat is wild, devastating exposure. And then you add bonus heat for high-profile or well-connected targets. Um, If you're at war with another faction, or if killing was involved, whether by you or someone else. The voting score ended up with eight heat, and the Oaken score ended up with nine heat. I think one of the things we decided, just because it makes it a little bit fairer, considering you're doing two scores and then one downtime, is when we're doing two scores at the same time, we're adding the highest heat and then adding half of the lower heat. So you ended up with 13 heat in total. So I think you you filled up your bar and you've got four heats left. Yeah, again, we we did murder Oaken on an illuminated pedestal. So Please, accidented. We accidented. We it. accidented <laughs> Oaken. Accidented. And after heat comes entanglements. So I I asked you all to roll after this. I think you ended up rolling one dice for your wanted level of one on the four to five heat table, and Ryan rolled it, and it was a six, which gives you the entanglement show of force, which is going to be interesting. I don't think I'm going to do this straight away. I think it might come at the end of downtime, but yeah, yeah, that's going to come out at some point. The next thing we're going to do is downtime activities. So I'm imagining this downtime is taking place over the few days, the week, after the earthquake hits. Essentially, how I'm imagining this is, in the days that follow the earthquake, the authorities look after their own. Your side of the city, Calvary Ward, Atrium, the Hinter Ward, Tail's End, they're kind of left for their own. And I think... We see the communities of those places coming together. If people are out, out of place, out of home, they're, they're providing places for them to go. I think there are people trying to find supplies to keep everyone fed and cared for. I think especially because the bridge is down, that becomes harder and harder as the week goes on. I don't want to paint this as entirely desolate because I think I think tends to happen when disaster strikes and when communities pull together is you really see the strength of communities and that's kind of what I want to highlight for this downtime all of the people where you live kind of pulling together in one direction. And the way this is going to work 
just to tie this into what you're doing, is I've started three clocks. Supplies, repairs, and spirit. And through your downtime, you can either do a long-term project to just tackle one of these and add ticks directly to it, or you can take another action. And if you narrate the action in some way helping the greater efforts to look after people after the earthquake, you can also add a tick to one of these clocks. Each of these clocks is a four-step clock. And at the end of downtime, each clock filled is going to give you one dice for a fortune roll. And that fortune roll is going to represent the reprisals. The higher you roll on that roll, the more you're going to be protected against what comes. So, each of you gets two actions. Does anyone have an idea of what they want to do? I started a project last downtime that I am eager to finish now, considering how much trouble we are in. I would quite like to try and finish off the escapelets. Remind me what the escapelet is. A bracelet that you can bite the pad of your thumb while you're wearing to get a little of blood and therefore spirit onto the mechanism, which will power it just long enough for it to find the nearest lock and unpick it. And you're currently five out of six steps for completing that? Yeah. So when you work on a long-term project, you describe how you're going about it and then make a roll. So, so what is Ezra doing to complete the escapelets? I feel like this actually is kind of immediately after Oaken finishes telling everyone about his horrible history. Ezra goes to their workbench and brings one out for everyone and gets everyone to let them attune it to their spirit. So, I mean, I guess it it won't work the same for Ivar as everyone else, but for the people with blood, it's probably Ezra both fitting the actual bracelet itself and also kind of training it to, to recognize the spirit it should work for. That makes sense. And what ability do you want to use for this? What what do you want to roll? Uh, this feels like an attune. I think regardless of what you roll here, you're going to get that advancement anyway. I would hope so. Yeah, I think it's just about selling how you're going about this, like whether this is more tapping into spirit or whether it's knowing how machines work. That's five. So yeah, those are those are done. Everyone has a cool bracelet now. Can I can I make it fancy? Can we stop you? <laughs> Ezra would prefer mm. that you do not tinker with it. It might affect the mechanism. Please do not. But I like to think Ezra has tried a little bit to make Nia's nice because otherwise Say wouldn't wear it. And Ezra definitely wants him to wear it. Precisely. <laughs> Is this a one-use thing? Uh, this is a one-use thing, yeah, because I think it's unreasonable for me to make it multiple use. I like the idea that as soon as you put it on Ash, he immediately bites his thumb and goes, I'm going to try it out. Uh, where's, where's, where's the lock? Ow, 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 ow. Ezra has made a second one in anticipation of this moment. <laughs> I assume they're sort of like one-use per mission, almost. Now that Ezra has the... The mechanics for it. That's a good point, actually. If you retrieved it and brought it back to Ezra, they could probably like reset it. Yeah. Okay. Does anyone have a strong idea for what they'd like to do? I'm just playing with my spear. You're just playing with your spear. I'm just playing with my spear. Like I got it back. (laughs) What action do you think this is? Is this like a training? It's uh, my vice. Oh yeah. 
So I'm going to indulge your vibes. That sounds good. What does this look like? Oaken flitting around the carousel, hopping from... What what around the carousel? Is it like marine life? Yeah, it's like fish and seahorses and crabs and things. Yeah, hopping from fish to fish to crab, hopping off the spear. The spear's like twirling around and... So it's very acrobatic and very impressive. So it's like your vice as a scoundrel is the way you go to let off stress. And like what's interesting about it is you, there's the possibility of overindulging, there's the possibility of it getting you into trouble in some way. So I, I guess partially what I'm interested in here for Oaken is like, how does that tie into this being stress relieving? Is he just repeating patterns that he's learned or, or is he like, delving into something deeper i think what this usually is and maybe the potentially damaging thing to him is it's this practice that's been drilled into him and it's something he knows something he does well and feels comfortable in but it does conjure up all those old memories and um, which aren't very good memories broken yeah that makes sense so the way that this works is you roll some dice equal to your lowest of the three of like insight prowess or resolve your resistances. So it's insight, so you'll roll one dice. And whatever you roll will be subtracted from your stress. If you roll over the amount of stress you've got, you overindulge, which you can't do in this case because you've got six stress. Five. That's pretty good. That's good, yeah. So this goes well. This is like cathartic, I guess. Paint me the picture. I think because this is the first time Oaken has been with the, the spear for a while, he, he's not doing that prepared training, rigid kind of thing. This is just a really like joyous expression of what he likes to do and like what he's good at. He's fighting, practicing, and flipping about. All I'm imagining is just like swelling strings playing <laughs> yeah there's like this romantic kind of like dance with the spear almost I, I love it yep yep so you get to clear five stress from your track which puts you down to one stress Oaken's like put a wig on the spear <laughs> <laughs> I think it's perfect just as it is <laughs> yeah I was just about to say that <laughs> <laughs> okay who would like to go after Oaken Ivar was also going to indulge a vice. Okay. And what is Ivar's vice? I think we decided that it was going back to Ghost Town and spending time with his people or with Trilvo. Yeah. Or like almost like doing the governance and protection and making sure people are okay, I guess. Yeah, I think just carousing, spending time wandering around, making sure that Everyone's okay, everyone has what they need, that kind of thing. Yeah. And is that what it is in this case? What in particular is happening this time? I think in the most part it's maybe getting some supplies to help rebuild from the damage done by the earthquake. Okay. Is this for Ghost Town itself? Yeah, I think generally, in that sense, helping out everyone, like maybe it's negotiating with another group to try and get some some corrugated tin or something to, like, prop up as walls and things like that, you know? Do you have an idea of, like, who that is? 
because you get a bonus dice if you can work your friends in there in some way. So if there's a group that you've got history with, you could definitely like negotiate it as one of them. So we're friends with the Ginnels and the People's Ward of Atrium. Yeah. Ginnels, maybe? Yeah, so the Ginnels are like the, like the hardcore of the revolution that are based in Calvary Ward. It's almost one of the places where the cut bleeds through the most. It's a tight district of cramped houses where there's constant rumours that if you go down the wrong like alleyway, you might just end up in the cut. And I think there are definitely places where the cut just overlays, so you'll just be in a ghost street, or you can see a street or a bit of the labyrinth with, with ghosts or other creatures walking through. Maybe since the earthquake, some of those streets have become more exposed, and maybe that's where the ghosts are causing problems. And maybe this is a bit of like a trade, like you will deal with them and they will give you some supplies. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Do you think it's like guiding the ghosts to see whether they are capable of becoming residents of Tales End or whether they're too unruly and dealing with them in that way? Yeah, I'm trying to work out where the heart of this is, whether it's in the negotiation or you meeting with the ghosts. It might be you meeting with the ghosts. Uh Uh-huh, I think so. Okay. So I think there's a street almost between two crooked buildings. They're two apartment buildings that are built quite close to each other, but have kind of subsided over time. I don't think the earthquake caused this. I think this is just because they were poorly built. They weren't far apart, but they've lent together. And under those two buildings is just a small, like, snicket. When you go there, you see that the street has sunken into the cut. How do you sense ghost stuff? Is it just through sight or can you feel it? I think perhaps it's a bit of both. I think it mm. depends on, on the ghosts themselves. Okay. Ivar used to be like a tracker, am I right? Yeah. Um, they used to be a shepherd, which was somebody that protected Embrace from any envoys or remnants that might be trying to encroach on Embrace. So maybe that's sort of part of the job. Maybe what's been happening is there's been a group of ghosts who have just been interfering with like the rebuilding efforts, almost manifesting strange effects. Like there'll be strange emotional resonances in some areas so that people just refuse to go there because it just nags at you. You you just become unsure and uncertain. And a couple of people went in and after they got out, everyone else just refuses to. I think there are a group of ghosts playing tricks on people and making things move about. And and I think over a couple of days, you've tracked them back to here. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me. You've tracked them to this hole in the cut between these two leaning buildings. This is where they're coming out of and returning to. How, how do you deal with this problem? I think it's about trying to identify the the ghosts and either convincing them to move on or getting them to come to tail's end. Okay. I think you peer beneath the cracked cobbles of the street and there's like a weird swirl, soft like a whirlpool, but with ragged edges like bismuth. And inside you can see there's a group of ghosts just hanging out, I guess, just 
seeking shelter, and these are the people you've been tracking. Do you call out to them? Can I slide myself in there? Yeah. You almost, I imagine you almost have to like squeeze between the cobbles, but I think that's a thing that you can do. Yeah, I, I imagine it like that, sort of like, yeah, squeezing my way in the best I can. I think when you get in, everyone there just turns to look at you. There's maybe one ghost who, who seems to be in charge here. I think they probably use say sem pronouns. So probably a little bit like frog-like almost. But I think Sertel is uh, almost splitting in parts. It's almost as if Sir body is flaking. And I think say speak first. Here they come. Another lost friend. I hope you're glad to have found us. Well, I'm uh, always glad to meet other people of my kind. How long have you wandered alone? How long have you wandered with the people that you used to be shunning you? You are welcome here beneath my roof. Well, that's very wrong. I I don't wander alone. There's a whole village of us now. You don't have to hide like this. I think maybe uh, another couple of the ghosts have cocked their heads at this. It's maybe the first they've heard of it. We have always been alone, grasping for space beneath the city. This is how it must always be. And we must look after our own. And we will take and take to make sure that we are good. I think we all start out like that, especially when uh, when we first come back. Oh, I have been back for so long. And how long, might I ask, have you been back? How long have you been taking and not giving back? Uh, is, is Ivar getting mad? A little bit. <laughs> I told you, it's either come to Ghost Town or you go on to the next plane. <laughs> <laughs> we have been here since the first harvest, when... The flesh still rotted on Rodella's bones. We have watched the city all this time. We will not bow to a youngling's demands. To say speak for all of you? And Ivar stands up and starts like gesticulating at them all. To say really think for all of you? Not a single one of you have said a word to me since I got you. I think this is maybe your role. So you roll your lowest of your three resistances, which is insight, I think? Three. Okay, uh, so you mark off three stress. Yep. I think a couple of them shuffle out with you. Not many. There, there are maybe like 20 or 30 ghosts here, and maybe like five or six join you convinced some of them to come round. How do you ward off the rest of them? I think it's definitely a warning. Look, some of us here are trying to make a go of it. We want to be taken seriously. Otherwise, 
Living in the cracks of the street is all we're ever going to have. It's never too late to join us. Even if you don't feel like you can today, don't forget about us. We have seen your attempts before. Attempts like this, and every time they come and they erase us. We will do as you ask. We will move on to a different place. But know all of you that join him. You will be lost. But we will go on and on. I think that's seen. I think you get the supplies you need for Tales End. I think you manage to move the ghosts on and the ginnels kind of give you what little they can spare. We get to mark one towards the repairs clock. Nice. Uh, who would like to go next? I think I've got a pretty quick one for my first first action. I kind of already talked about this, uh, going going home to see family and hang out and help clean up and just sort of helping out with neighbours. And I'm basically going to indulge vice, which is my family. And it's just basically hanging out and using using the excuse to go and visit Aelin and, and Mara and basically just spending as much time with them as I can. Yeah, I imagine your family are probably pretty active in just helping out, trying to find suppliers who will just ship stuff in on credit, and yeah. maybe it's some of that. Who who are Aelin and Mara? Aelin and Mara are my two sisters. I have two other siblings. Yeah. And what what are they like? Trying to describe them? Uh, yeah, uh, Mara is uh, a vial. So the vials are a guild or union? I guess more union of like sex workers in the city. Yep, she's older than me. She's uh, got sort of short brown hair and also got like the marble like skin. She's quite tall, very striking. Kind of immediately draws attention when she enters a room, kind of thing. And Aelin is my twin, who also works for the Vials, but is basically Mara's muscle. She is identical twin, mostly to, to Ash. Um, so the same same humanity, same you know hair color. I mean, she could be identical. Yeah, actually, yeah, she could, couldn't she? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, identical twin. Why why not? And yeah, so she she and and Mara work quite close together. And, but it's sort of a, a bit of a distance away from, from the family home, so any excuse to go over there, Ash takes. Possibly they work in an area that was a little bit less hit by, mm. by the earthquake. So they, they might actually be the best kind of source of income for the family at the moment, now that the shop's down. Yeah. So basically helping them out with any supplies they need, any messages they want to bring to people so they don't have to bother with it themselves, maybe cleaning their house while, while they're out and stuff like that. And I guess on the other end, maybe it's bringing supplies back into yeah. Atrium. Yeah, yeah. B4. Cool. So that's a four, so that goes pretty well. So I'm down to two stress. Nice. <laughs> so I imagine that's like, like it, it is not the most like stress relieving stuff, but it probably feels good to just be doing that. Yeah, I, I, I maybe haven't seen them for, for a couple of weeks, so just spending an evening having dinner with them and just getting away from the world and how weird everything is right now. Yeah. And does that help the earthquake efforts at all? I don't know. I don't think that does. If I was if I was helping my parents out, 
yeah and and hanging out with them then that might be more the case but because i'm using the excuse to go see Helen and mara it's a bit less so okay let's leave it then who would like to go next who hasn't been nia maybe yeah what is nia doing well i don't know how nia's helping with anything i guess if it's like if like crick or elif are gonna be doing anything that's helpful nia could be persuaded to help as well I, I don't know if a crick would be, but I can. I imagine Elif is doing stuff. What sort of action do you want to do? Is maybe the question here. Well, okay. So there's there's a question to that question. Okay. Which is Nia's currently on seven stress, but I had Nia indulge service last downtime, so I guess I I guess I could do that again. At seven stress, indulging again would be advisable okay <laughs> okay so your vice is performing in radical cafes salons subversive theater yes i, I was also going to suggest because we've been talking a lot about nia going on dates that could also be a source of this as well i was i was going to ask i was thinking well do i ask adam if i can have a second vice which is just <laughs> romance i mean i'm happy to it's fun so I mean, also, doesn't isn't this also going to cause stress? <laughs> it depends how it goes. Yeah, I think it's nice to have it be wrapped up in that. So I imagine if it's with Elif, there are kind of two options which are both fun. The first one is you doing some terrible performance in in the hopes of like boosting people's spirit. Uh, the second is Elif taking you to like. Go and get some supplies, almost breaking into places. I think let's go with let's go with the second option. Okay. Nia has a a very soft spot for Elif. So Elif is able to go like, oh, we should do this thing. This would be a really good thing to do. And Nia kind of generally goes along with whatever that thing might be. And and is this a date? Uh Nia thinks it is. <laughs> is it just the two of you? I think for portions of the time not all of it i'm not 100 percent certain if elif thinks this is a date i don't really know how that side of the relationship is going it's up to you do you want to declare it or do you want let, to let me declare it or or should we see how the role goes maybe I, I think i think this one is yeah like crick and nia is very obvious that's going to be a date in my mind elif is it's not quite certain yet yeah nia's trying really hard though Okay. Maybe it's something like you hear a of a shipment that the, the council's sort of department that oversees supplies into the city, the masters of Key and Field, they're moving some stuff from the docks around the canals in into like the center of the city and you both go and and try and like interrupt that. You you maybe go to the warehouse where that stuff is being stored and you, you break into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. How romantic. Yeah, like, what a romantic date. Adrenaline is the food of love? No. (laughs) Adrenaline is the food of love. Do you want to make your roll? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, I'll make an indulge vice roll. Cool. So you rolled a three and a one, so you clear free stress, which puts you down to four. So that's sort of middling, I guess. It's still uncertain. 
Yeah, I, I think in that time-honored tradition of me GMing, I'm going to give you two options here. Oh, okay, yeah. One is that it goes badly because you two really hit it off, uh, but you kind of get caught. Or not caught, but you know, you, you have to run off before you can do too much. You, you kind of get distracted in each other. Mm. Or there's just, everything's a bit nervous. There's there's not really that edge that the, the score goes really well, but it doesn't really advance things between you very much. I think, uh, yeah, multiple like missed connections kind of thing. Yeah. Like, wait, was that? Oh, like, no, I ha- we have to get this, like, yeah. There's maybe even like a couple of moments where you think about making a move, but Elif just seems very focused on, on what needs to be done right now. I like to think that there are a couple moments where like Nia goes, oh, wait, what did Elif mean by that? Or, yeah, just like. There's just not quite enough time to actually figure anything out. Nia's very confused. So do you want to mark one, two supplies from that? As well as taking off the stress? Because I think you you managed to get some new supplies. Woo! Cool. So yeah, Oaken, what what would you like to do? I think I'm going to work on my long-term goal, which is getting in touch with Mel. Okay. Uh, you did this last time as well, and you marked one out of four off. Yeah, that's the spy process. Remind me what happened last time. Did you just get in touch? Oh, you started trying to find out ways to get in touch, I think. Oh, no, it was kind of meditating and I got covered in honey, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> time to get yeah. sticky. Yeah, so you kind of established that first bit of contact. Yeah, I wonder if, if this time it's kind of like coaxing Mal themselves the bee out of out of my armhole is the bee still there <laughs> like that have we answered that question is the bee still with you i think i think so i'd like to think so so maybe it looks very similar you know going up to what is now my beam in the nice sunny part of the carousel sitting down and clearing my mind does does oaken go outside in all of this week, is Oaken just inside the warehouse? Is the carousel in a warehouse? Am I right? Uh, yeah, I think it's in like a out outside of a warehouse in a kind of like covered shipyard area. Okay, so it is like in sunshine. Um, I don't think they would go out unless they had reason to. Half of the city is in disaster, but I guess that's not reason for Oaken. Let's, let's stop them having a reason to. No, no. <laughs> so. Are you just meditating? Is that how you're trying to get in touch? Yeah, I think. I, I would love it to be something like really, really fancy and showy, but I think it is actually quite out of character for Oaken and quite a struggle for him to just sit down and meditate and try and clear his mind. I think it's like um, trying to tune a radio station. Mm. Like he can, he can always hear the kind of faint, crackles of Mel, but it's about really trying to tune in and listen to them. Okay. What would you like to roll for this? Mm. Is it the obvious one? Is it a tune? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Cool. So on a five, you tick two ticks onto the clock. As a reminder, you can always spend a coin if you want to shift it a result level up, which would take it to three ticks and would complete it if you wanted to. I don't think I want to complete it this time. Okay. 
what does it look like this time? It, it feels like you're getting closer to being in touch with Mel. Oh, I think maybe we have the honey situation again. <laughs> but maybe rather than like full coating, it's it's more specific to the arm and where Mel is. Okay. And Mel kind of travels out with the honey, this this tendril of sort of sticky golden substance floating in the sunlight with a little bee inside it. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to do? Maybe you can spend rep and coin if you want to take any more actions. The the only thing I want to make sure of is the ash sees me practicing with the spear and how cool I am. I I haven't been back to the carousel in days. Oh. Oaken keeps looking around like, where's Ash? Oaken just practicing outside Ash's bedroom window, like, oh, it's just passing by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just passing by really casually, you know, levitating the spear, no big deal to me. But if you're impressed, then, you know, that's understandable. <laughs> You don't want to spend a coin to try and heal yourself? Um, oh, I'm... You are still stunned. stunned. I think spend some money to get rid of that. Yeah. When you recover, you seek treatment and heal your harm. You might visit a physica who can heal your wounds and soothe your mind with anatomical science, or which who specialises in healing charms and restorative alchemy. If you don't have a contact or fellow PC who can provide treatment... You can use your acquire asset activity to gain access to a healer who can provide the service for the whole crew. So can anyone heal Oaken? Is Oaken the only person that needs healing? I could probably super glue him a bit. I've got a level one, but I can carry on. I'm only lightheaded and shook, but I'm I am sizzled. Do do we have a contact who can provide healing? I don't think we do at the minute. Don't think we do. No. Someone's going to have to acquire that asset at some point. It just depends whether you want to do it this set of downtime. Seems like a useful thing to do. Yeah. I hope they I hope they do ghosts as well. Hmm. <laughs> like, like, there's two two sides to this. One, one side is I like the image of everyone being so busy this week to even think about getting healed and Oaken just not knowing who to mm. go to and just being like, oh, I'll be fine. But also it will just pile up. It depends. Like, it's up to you if someone wants to spend a downtime action to try and find someone to heal them. Now's the time. Um, To heal everyone? Yeah. Because Nia's not injured at all, but say could being someone who actually deals with people try and find someone to help yep. the rest of the maybe. So that would be an acquire asset option? But what about my dates? <laughs> 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 Date a doctor. You can spend coin and rep to take like a third or fourth or fifth action. So okay, then I think Nia would be would probably go and get a doctor or healer or whatever for everyone. You could also tie this into the clocks as well by being like, oh, and they'll also help with other people as well, which might be quite a nice way to do it. But like, does Nia have to spend their own coin to do this, or is this like part of the? The group coin. Oh, this is group, I think. I, I don't know whether you've got an image for what this might be, but I like the idea of Nia convincing someone who wouldn't otherwise look towards Atrium or your crew. Oh, oh, okay. So, like, 
trying to convince one of uh, Nia's parents' wealthy friends to be a philanthropist and feel good about themselves for a day. Didn't didn't Nia go to university? Do, do you know any student doctors? Oh, that's also good. Oh, okay. I mean, it was it was not. Yeah, but you might know people from other study facilities. And it's an arts university in an Enlightenment Renaissance town. Most people will be doing medical science to some degree, I imagine. I prefer trying to get a student doctor and unknowingly ushering them into the revolution type thing. Okay. To acquire an asset, you roll the cruise tier. The result indicates the quality of the asset you get using the cruise tier as a base. Is there a way to like have help for this or make this more likely to not be a terrible thing? Um, you can spend coin after you roll okay. to like increase the result. If you've got a friend or contact helping you, you can put that up. But I can't think of anyone that would. I currently don't have any like friends at the university listed as contacts. So I mean, I'm happy to just give you a plus one because you went to this university and you probably know people there. Okay. Yes, I think if you roll 2d6, I think that makes sense. So that's a 5, so you get you get tier, so you get a tier 1 doctor. If you want, you can you can spend a coin to raise that to a tier plus 1 doctor. What do people feel? Because this doctor already costs us one coin. It's up to you. I have a feeling we might want a pretty good doctor. Mm. <laughs> I would like an at least averagely good doctor. <laughs> I like the idea that... Um, if you're doing tier one, you're getting like a student friend. Tier two is you're like paying or bribing a professor somehow. I like the idea that Nia goes to go get a student friend and starts talking to them and goes, no, this is not of adequate quality. So they're putting their life in danger and actually maybe there might be trouble in the future. <laughs> so they want a, a good doctor to go to. <laughs> it has nothing to do with any of the people who are actually injured right now. Yeah. I, I like the idea to say, like, buy a gift for one of the professors. She's maybe, like, middle-aged. I, I imagine she wears, like, a lot of knitwear. Away from the operating table, she's a bit, like, shy and timid, including when she's doing lectures. But, like, as soon as she starts doing, like, medical work, she's just on it. But yeah, you've got a doctor. Oaken, would you like to heal yourself? I would, I would like to pay and heal myself. There's a coin, Doc. And the way this works is you roll the quality level of the NPC, so tier two. Oh, not great. You can pay coin to increase that if you want. I only got one coin left. Keep it for a rainy day. Okay, cool. So because everyone's had at least one of their downtime actions so far, maybe a good thing to do here is to advance the clock a little bit. Maybe moving forward a couple of days. It's three or four days after the earthquake hits, and I think we start to see some of the effects of it playing out across this side of the city, in Calvary and Atrium, Tails End, Hinter, and Holm. We see Lena's temple, Riala's harbour, transformed into Atrium's organisational heart. The wounded are treated here, food shared, tents are set outside it for those who lost their homes. I think there are many particularly those who live close to the docks, which weren't necessarily citizens of Atrium, but I think some of the destruction that has hit the docks the hardest has meant that people have had to come here to find shelter. 
in Calvary, the ward where Ezra lives, the ward on the sort of like northeast end of the city, we'd start to see running skirmishes between the Swifts and the Ginnels. The loss of the docks and the Iont Bridge means food shortages, and it is felt keenest here. People are accused of taking for themselves, of hoarding, but mostly it's people trying to look after their community and themselves. The Swifts often don't see it that way. The factories remain open, with bosses touting lines about endurance and working as normal. Faced with the loss of their incomes, many workers are faced with little choice, but the unions see a flood of new memberships, and I think maybe today, the first of the strikes breaks out. In Hinterward, which is in the sort of south of the city, near Tail's End, a school is abandoned by its so-called philanthropist headmaster, and is taken over by an unlikely group. Led by Trilvo, the leader of the Ghosts of Tail's End, the ghosts begin to run lessons. Their aim is to take the weight of childcare off the overburdened families of their district, at least for a few hours each day. It is is Ivar a part of this? I mean, unless the kids are wanting to learn shooting and maybe animal care, we could do those lessons. <laughs> <laughs> They're learning rooting, tooting, and shooting. <laughs> How many kids would say no to either of those things? <laughs> just Ivar bringing Topaz into school and just showing, yeah. showing her off. I mean, I imagine that would be pretty much it little bit of a, and this is how you look after an animal. <laughs> like just Trilvo looking nervously over their shoulder every five minutes while Ivar takes lessons in case they have to like run and intervene. <laughs> I don't think it'd be that bad, but I'm sure it would be very easy for Ivar to get distracted and start talking about something else. <laughs> so before we move on to the next round of downtime actions i just wanted to quickly go over the clocks again so we're currently one of four in supplies one of four in repairs and zero of four in spirit i just wanted to go over the stakes of these clocks a little bit maybe not painting the exact detail but just to give you an idea so each clock you completely fill will give you one dice towards a fortune roll to see what kind of reprisals come from the authorities and how prepared Atrium and Calvary and Hinter are to deal with that. And I don't think this is all on you. I think this is like an abstraction of the community's efforts to some degree, or an abstraction of how prepared the community is. I don't think this is like, this is happening because you didn't do enough, or this is happening because you 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 did all of this. I think it's just a way of creating some interesting mechanics for that. Cool. I think it it kind of ranges from like, on a one to three or a failure, it might mean that we see arrests of some like named NPC like revolution leaders. We might see Atrium's barriers torn down. Whereas if you manage to get some kind of success, those reprisals are going to be lessened. And I think either way is interesting for the fiction, which is why we're making this a role. So what would people like to do for their second downtime action? Well, I have ideas about what I'd like to do. Okay. I think I'm just going to try and get some maybe food for the, the people that are struggling at the moment, whether it's for the kids at the school to sort of take the pressure off them, their families. If they know they come into school, they're also going to get fed. 
yeah, how are you going about this? Is this like a donation drive or is it going out fishing and hunting yourself? What does that look like? I think maybe it's like a a fishing hunting thing, especially mm. considering like my background. Maybe taking some maybe some of the older children on a boat and teaching them how to fish as well at the same time. Nice. I like it. That's cool. Ivar taking the children out onto these incredibly dangerous Kadroya roiling water. It's fine. You will gotta give it a go at some point, don't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. So is this a like a long term project? Are you rolling directly against the clock? Yeah, just against the clock, I think. What attribute do you want to use? Is hunt appropriate? I guess so, yeah. I'm hunting for fish. Yeah, I'm happy for this to be hunt. All right. And also, remember, you can get plus one on downtime rolls, plus one dice, if you have any allies or friends helping you. Anyone want to come fishing? I guess uh, the people that you might know as well is there's a faction called the Laceport Beneficiaries, which is like a moving illegal co-op dock, which operate in Calvary that might also be like drawn into this as well. Amazing. Hey, let's get the co-op on board. So I kind of imagine this as like the Laceport beneficiaries are probably already running their operation, but they maybe redistribute some of the food your way. Maybe we get an image of a couple of sailors dropping off a few boxes of fish and you're looking at it like, oh, I guess I have to teach uh, filleting lessons too. Right, we are kids. We're making sushi for lunch. So you get a plus one dice for this. Okay. That's a six. Six. So on a long-term project, you you fill three ticks. Supplies sorted. Nice. Give a man a boat and he'll feed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that is supplies filled. Which I imagine is... We're, we're just looking at one aspect of that. I imagine that there are lots of community efforts to kind of get supplies flowing through the different districts. The Laceport beneficiaries are one. I imagine in Calvary, there's definitely a lot of like rooftops and stuff turned over to gardening. And I know that we've seen in Atrium, people were working with the plants out of the woods and the window boxes. And I think they're harvesting that as food. So yeah, I think we, we, we see some of that across the city. Who would like to go next? Yeah, I was going to try for a long-term project for repairs, because I think that makes sense with what Ezra is capable of doing yeah what what sort of repairs are you doing i think this is probably like infrastructure repairs more than anything i think like houses communities are dealing with as best they can i think this is more like water pipes and i don't know if like street lights are a thing but like generally making sure that stuff that is a bit dangerous is getting repaired mm. Are, are streetlights a thing? Are streetlights a thing? That feels like something we probably use some weird magic effluence for, considering yeah. Embrace. There's like the glowing plants and the bioluminescence from that, right? Maybe there's a way of keeping them going for a bit longer. Oh my god, just like thousands of little terrariums all across the city. Ooh, yeah, that's, lovely. that's neat. That's rad. So yeah, I think this is more fixing anything kind of in the streets that is dangerous and very quick fitting stuff that's going to help community efforts like Ivar's like big 
kitchen stuff and ripping out destroyed rooms to turn them into safe like shelter spots things like that because i'm picturing this as being all the people who do the kind of work ezra does the kind of hopping between factories to fix big machines kind of coming together and being like well this is what we can do yeah i imagine we we definitely see nilka as part of this as well and if we zoomed in on ezra doing something what would we see them doing Mm, that's a good question i think Amris probably has taken over some public location to do something similar to what Lena is doing, but for Calvary rather than for Atrium. So Ezra is probably with Amris. That makes sense. Do you have an idea for a location? I want to say something like a village hall, but not for a village. It's like a workers' club. Yeah. I think we yeah we're taking over a workers' club. And is as we're doing like the repairs and refitting. I can't help wondering, a workers' club in Embrace. What kind of like what's the equivalent of pork scratchings <laughs> in Embrace? Clam scratchings. Oh no! Yes. No. yes, I love that. <laughs> yes. mm. Hey, uh, um, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Did that help? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll have a lager top and uh, four bags of clam scratchings, please. No, I can't. <laughs> Why? Sorry to all our US listeners that have to think about what clam scratchings might be. We'll localize it. Sorry, what was the question? What exactly Ezra's doing? Are you making machines or is it simpler than that? No, I think it's more like putting in a big, like, stove situation so you can do like a big mass meal for people and yeah making it habitable cool so what would you like to roll i would like to roll tinker i guess yeah that makes sense probably the best i guess you get plus one dice because you've described other people helping yeah other people are definitely involved that's a five yeah so on a five you get to mark two ticks You can also, if you want, spend a coin to make that into a six, which would give you three ticks and fill it. Uh, Yeah, I think I will do that. I think maybe everyone kind of scrounges together a little bit of money to pay some people who should have been going to work at a factory to pitch in with them instead. Like a hardship fund as well. And yeah. Yeah, like a hardship fund. So like, oh, if you're going to lose wages to come and do this, we'll cover them. I like it. So that means we fill the repairs clock. Oh, mum, we're doing great. Yeah. Yeah, suddenly we're killing it. That's two of three filled. Who would like to go next? I was thinking of doing something about the whole spirit clock. Okay. And I didn't know if having the, like, Nia's rival counts as help, but I could see that the two of them together doing some kind of thing probably Durgin doing it completely in a self-serving way but the two of them trying to kind of like set aside the differences I like you saying that as if Nia is also not doing it in a completely self-serving way so they're both doing it in a completely self-serving way while hating that they're doing it with the other person so is this some kind of show is this in a pub is this in the street I think it might be um, organizing a bunch of shows. 
like just like really small bits of music or poetry or you don't move while your fabric moves around you um, <laughs> throughout the area. Oh, I love the image of this. So Dersian is a poet. What what pronouns do they use? I don't know that we've ever had them around before. I don't know if we've ever decided. What would you like them to use? Well, first, are they kind of the slug people or not? I imagine not. I've been thinking a lot about the pronouns for Nia, like the say Sam, because I, I don't think I, I want to like avoid being sort of like gender or bioessentialist about the pronouns. Yeah, because I, I think there have been people of your humanity for a while, so it's maybe more cultural. One of the ideas I was thinking is what if it's maybe your pro- set of pronouns isn't set on gender, but like is about being part of a group or being outside of a group. So like say, say Sam means that you are like part of the group, you are family or trusted. And maybe there's a different set of pronouns, which is like, you are outside of who we are. So like our one and like their one. Yeah. Or like that one. <laughs> and like like in the way you, you do get in like French and German, it, this is slightly different, but like that sort of a formal you and an informal you, it, it's kind of like a reversed version of that, where it's like, this is, you are part of my group. This means you're not. But I also like whichever the pronoun is that isn't say Sam, you could choose to take if you're in exile or if you just didn't feel part of society in some way. Because we all use say Sem for Nia, does that mean we consider Sem family? Maybe. Yeah. Or Aww. Nia is making you consider Sem family. <laughs> Nia is making us. We are family now. Yeah. Does that sound like a thing that is interesting or useful? I mean, it sounds useful because I'm pretty sure at some point during this story, I'm going to roll badly and you're going to say, well, from now on, your parents no longer use say Sem for you. <laughs> Once they find out that you're dating Crick. <laughs> is Darjan say Sam? Because I imagine Darjan is part of the wider, like middle class embrace families. And you're probably, I like the idea that you're sort of bound to, to use say Sam for Darjan. Because it's not like about liking someone. Begrudgingly, yes. But like maybe when Nia's not actually with Durjan. Uh, say we'll use the other pronouns. I picture Durgeon as all of the bits of Nia that Nia hates, but doesn't realize is Nia. Durgeon is unimaginably haughty and awful. So Durgeon is like a more successful mirror version of Nia. So successful for no good reason. <laughs> Completely unfair. So how how does this come about where you arrange these performances? Do you are you the person instigating this? I think so. I think Nia go tries to figure out who say no that would be able to pull this off. And I think because Durgin is so part of Nia's family, the two of them have often done projects like this together because they've been forced to. And is Durgeon the first or last person you ask? Probably the first, uh, because Nia wants this to work. 
So what do you want, Nia? I just think things are really rough right now. And maybe someone needs to help everyone cope. Maybe we can do, I don't know, like organize a whole bunch of of our friends, um, get, get like music happening in the streets again, like all that kind of stuff. I can see how my poetry might help. Make someone's day a little bit nicer, but I'm not sure whatever the swishing that you do. It's not going to just be us. Besides, my my art would be very helpful. Thank you very much. Do you think you could? Do you think you could get like in touch with the venues that you know? What this sounds like is that you need me to do this. That without me, whatever you're trying to put together just would not work. I, I'm happy to help, of course. I, I feel like we should all come together. But I just need to know what this is worth to me, what you think this is worth to me. Sure, okay. So, um, 100%. You're so right, Durgin. I, I wouldn't be able to make this work without you. You have all the connections, and like maybe this would make my parents think you're even even more amazing. So, like, I don't understand why you're even questioning this. If you can't see the opportunity in front of you, maybe you're not as brilliant as everyone thinks you are. What were your parents' jobs again? Uh, Zedek is the fashion journalist and does, like, the annual fashion almanacs. Cherub is the psychoanalyst. Okay. I hear Cherub is looking for an apprentice soon. I, I can lend my expertise to this project of yours if you wouldn't mind putting in a good word for me. I don't I don't know why you would need my good word, but sure, fine. I'd be happy to. Durgin. I, I think that's the end of that scene. I think I think Nia needs to take a stress from that. <laughs> <laughs> Durgin's the worst. Because Durgin is mm. never lying. And I, th- I think, I think Durgin always fully believes Say are so wonderful. Yeah, I don't think there was any point in that where Say were, were lying. I think they were just being an ass. Indeed. I, I think you managed to bring everyone together, you and maybe a few other people that you know. And, and I think you make this ramshackle performance troupe. Wonderful. So I guess the role is going to tell us how well it goes. What would I roll for this? Like, maybe sway? Like, sway people with charm to, like... Yeah, I I think that's what you're doing. A performance is trying to impress strangers. And I think it also represents you being able to convince people to come to your performances or to to put stuff on. So it's a fortune roll, and I get one bonus dice. And this will tell us how well it goes, I guess. Yeah! Six. So that is three ticks towards the spirit clock. You could also spend a coin to make that critical and give it five ticks and complete it, but that's entirely up to you. Oh, I was actually going to go for it for my stress relief, if you don't want to spend gold. Yeah, that sounds like a bad way of doing it. So so how does this go? I think on a six, it goes well. I think it's probably ramshackle and it's not to everyone's tastes. Oh, definitely not. But like, I think you put on a show that people enjoy. And even if they don't enjoy it, to your intentions it's still a distraction for people 
I feel like one of the goals was to get a lot of people involved. So even if you didn't like the performance, you might like someone who's part of it. And even just even if you thought everything they did was awful, <laughs> you're like, oh look, they're enjoying themselves. And heckling can be very therapeutic. Yeah. Because <laughs> because this went so well, can there be lots of heckling during Durgin's performance? It's from us. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely us. <laughs> I imagine a lot of what this is is it becomes a thing bigger than what you planned in a way that probably like peaks Nia and Durgeon in that people start playing like folk music cutting into the end of the show or start doing like dancing together in the streets or in the in the place where you're performing and it just becomes a bit bigger Aww. in like a really nice way I might jump into kind of the end of that because I think my stress relief pairs really nicely with Nia starting off this sort of street party. Okay. What are you thinking of doing? I'm going to indulge my vice, which is street music. Oh, God. Nice. Yes. (laughs) This fits so well. Yep. I guess if this roaming performance has been wandering around, kind of gathering attention in a number of districts, when it it rolls through Calvary, uh, we're going to rock up. What kind of music does Ezra do? Ezra is a protest musician. Um, I'm picturing this as like Embrace's equivalent of kind of like DIY garage, like political punk bands. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of like drumming really heavily. It's a lot of like absolutely destroying stringed instruments. Um, and then it kind of like takes folkish traditional songs and like rewrites them. As a, a quick rules question, mm. when you know you can like you get bonus dice on downtime activities if somebody helps yep. you out. Can that apply to indulging vice? Uh... Or can I just throw myself in here as a bit of flavor? Yeah. For any downtime activity, take plus one D to the roll if a friend or contact helps you. This is a downtime activity, so yes. W- would you like would you like a fire dancer? <laughs> That's great. To accompany your your uh, your drum drum circle or whatever it is uh, you do. Uh, yeah, why not? That sounds rad. Definitely up for doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, just spinning like flaming flaming clubs, staffs, you know, juggling that kind of stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, I think Ezra would enjoy it, and I think Ezra's bandmates would. I think they'd be into it. In an incredible turn of events, I actually have pre-named my bandmates. I planned something, oh, nice. so even though you didn't ask, I'm going to tell you. Who are your bandmates? <laughs> uh, they are Becca and Fionn. Is, uh, is Fionn from Gallants as well? Where's, where's Gallants? It's uh, the canonical wheels. <laughs> Gallants is where Ivar is from. Then yes, yes. And that means you have to do their accent, though. It does not. It means Adam has to do his accent. <laughs> we'll just stay afar in this scene and not get into any <laughs> Okay, so you take the lowest of your of your resistance stats, so insight, prowess, or resolve. That would be insight at two. Cool. That's a three. Not the best, but you, you rolled a best. three and two ones, so it could have been worse. Yep. It gets me down to four from seven, so. And I guess you're adding one to the spirit clock as well? Yeah, I think that would be finishing off the spirit clock. Also, I spent both my coin now, so. So do we want to give any detail to why it's only free, or are we just happy to move on? 
I'm going to say it's because it's just like a really quick thing. Fionn and Becca and Ezra are all extremely busy doing repair work at the minute. And so it's like, because everyone's out, they go, oh, go on, we'll do one or two. Yeah. But in their minds, they're aware of, we've got to get back on this. It's a nice opportunity to to relax for a little bit, but you, you're not doing the same thing that Nia is in devoting yourself to like touring as it moves around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Does anyone have any actions left? I've got one. Okay. And I'm going to do a graffiti campaign. Amazing. So it was originally going to be a spirit thing where I was going to get all my mates together and go all around the city writing stuff like Oaken's fighting for the people and (laughs) the real Oaken is with us and shit like that. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. But we don't need the spirit. So what I'm going to do is throw little references to Jubilant Maybe into the graffiti and like just write like maybe here uh, a couple of places in a different area of the city and use this as a reduce heat. That sounds cool. So basically just yes some clues like the headquarters of the, ma- of the maybe, not in so many words obviously, <laughs> is around here. You know. Come in, have a seat. We maybe yeah. did nothing wrong. <laughs> oh, that's so good, yeah. 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 Where would be a good part of the city to do this? I guess the other side, which is what, the west side of Atrium. So you've got Limbus Ward, which is where you did the score for the last mission. I guess it's a little bit like Atrium. It used to be like a market district. It probably still is. But there are places on the outside that are a bit more run down and cut off. Yeah, I think I think around the around the statue is probably a good one because I'd definitely like to deface that with like just something like Oaken lives in yeah. massive mm, letters on the floor. Good, that's good. I was thinking like the um the the other runners are probably good people to help with this if that's a thing I can do. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are you rolling? I'm I'm very aware that I've been rolling prowl for fucking everything. <laughs> I want to be careful not to do that when it's not appropriate. I mean, but this sounds like a prowl. It does sound like a prowl, doesn't it? It yeah. sounds like you're prowling. All right, how about it? Oh, there we go. What? The friends get me a six. <laughs> Hell yeah. So that's clear three yeah. heat. So that wow. takes you down to two heat. You're welcome. We really needed that. No, so that takes you down to one heat. I was reading rep. You've still got wanted level one, but your heat is much lower now. So you can maybe, maybe... Go for the next set of scores and not and not have another one to level. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you even suggest that? <laughs> so, does anyone else have any downtime actions to do? I think I've got one. I think I want him to do something he probably should have done quite a long time ago, which is to visit his parents' resting place. And what kind of activity is this? Training my heart. Well, yeah, because one of the things you can train in is resolve. Okay, yeah. And I could definitely see facing up to your past being training your resolve. Yeah. And for the jubilant, maybe you have the special training resolve upgrade, which means I think you get two points towards your resolve rather than one. Oh, yeah, nice. Wow. Okay, cool. So what does this look like? Where, Where are Oaken's parents buried? I think there's probably like... A traditional place for jackals to get buried but they're not there they created their own little graveyard were they jackals themselves probably not but like that kind of you know and i guess oaken never really bothered to find out so maybe there's just this vague sense of like they were definitely involved in the jackals and 
one of them might have been a jackal, but Oaken never really took the time to ask them, and they never offered the information. Yeah, and by the time that Oaken was old enough to realise they were involved in the organisation, but not in going out and doing anything big. What kind of burial rites does this place have, Embrace? I don't know. The traditional burial rites were you... You put them on one of the islands that was heading into the centre of the whirlpool. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. But we've not really seen anything since then. I could kind of see there being like a shift in that tradition to almost more of like a Viking burial situation Mm. where you send them out on a boat rather than leave them on an island heading for a whirlpool. You just kind of boop them out into Kadroya's royal. Yeah, and just let the river take them wherever it goes. But I guess maybe for jackals that's different because they've got this big institutional memory importance. And for Nimshif as well, who are sort of an outsider family, or at least were when your parents were alive. Yeah, yeah, I think they would book traditions of embrace. So I think they probably have something on the edge of the estate. Yeah, so the estate is the big building on one of the smaller islands on its own. This island, or this set of islands, is called the Crown's Eight. And it's sort of the higher class region of Embrace, with like lots of the estates of the great families in. Boo. The biggest estate <laughs> is probably the Nimshif one, or like the most gaudy and noticeable. So yeah, maybe there's like an old family crypt that isn't used anymore. Maybe there are newer ones closer to the main body of the house which makes this sort of easy to get to, maybe? Yeah, I imagine, like, you know, the the posh parks in London where they are open to the public, but then they get locked at sundown. Like, that kind of situation where you can get in, yeah. just not all the time. I hope this isn't an insensitive question to, to Oaken. How long have his parents been dead? A while. At least a century, probably oh, two Oh, okay, so this is like a historical monument at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a bit... I mean, you know, it's still on the estate, so it won't be overgrown, but uh, just a lot of time has passed and more important people have had their graves there since. What does Oaken do when he gets there? So in my mind, Oaken has stopped off for some flowers to lay on them on the way realised that flowers cost money and pulled up some very nice-looking weeds instead. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I think I'll kind of lay them down and wait to feel some emotion, wait to feel what he's meant to feel in this situation. And does he? No. (laughs) Yeah, he wants to feel sad and... Even angry, you know, he would take angry, but he just doesn't feel anything. There's rocks with names of people that he knew. But, like, he knew them fairly recently, right? As far as he's concerned. There's a lot of emotional distance between them, though. (laughs) Right, okay, fair. Yeah, they weren't the best parents. So how long does Oaken wait before he goes? I think he spends a while there, but not very long in reverence. Mm. I think, you know, he starts to shuffle around. Maybe he, like, sits against one and practices knife tricks or scratches something into the dirt or some juvenile behaviour. 
He's just waiting to feel something. <laughs> just waiting for a feeling. <laughs> He's definitely having feelings this entire time, but is incapable of recognizing them. Oh, oh yeah. He, he's like, well, they should be obvious, right? <laughs> I'm not going to bother to poke around in my psyche. Oaken can't experience feelings because he's having so many at once. It's just white noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's something that keeps him in that space, but he's. He's looking for what he is meant to feel rather than what he does feel. Mm, yeah. He just gives up and walks home, cold and lonely. So does anyone else have anything left they want to do? Yeah, I think a few of us are going to want to hit the doctor. Nope, I've decided fuck the doctor because I've got no money <laughs> left. I'm just going to be lightheaded and shook forever. <laughs> you can spend the cruise rep. Nope. <laughs> I worked so hard to get us the doctor. There's something nice in Ezra just spending so much time trying to fix shit around. Yeah, I think it's part yeah. like they throw themselves so hard into trying to get the community stuff back together that they just don't think about it. And in part that like because this is a spirit-based wound that is once again self-inflicted, I think that's a problem with Ezra that's like escalating and they desperately don't want to think about. So I don't think... Even if they had the time mm. to think about it, they would go to a doctor. It would just be like, no, this is fine. I'm fine. This is fine. I haven't done anything. It's fine. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever is going to a doctor is that Ivar and Ash. How many dice do you roll for it? Your doctor is quality level one. So you get to roll one dice each and you can spend coin to increase it if you want. I spent a coin to roll it, so I will not be doing that. <laughs> uh, Sure. I've got two coins, so... One to see the Doctor and one to increase it by one. Okay, if that is everyone's downtime, then I think we move on to the next bit. And I just want to say that some of this might get a little bit heavy. I'm going to content warn here for police violence. I'm going to aim to keep things vague rather than go into detail. But if you do want to skip this section, I will put a timestamp in the episode notes so you can continue listening after this section concludes. But a week or so after the earthquake, we see people across Calvary, Atrium, Holm and Hinter come together. They work together to alleviate the worst of the disaster's consequences. A lot of that is grassroots. There is little support from the city's council. And as people build their own networks... As they look after their own communities, the council's disinterest turns to fear. They see what happened in Atrium spreading. They see a threat to their own rule. The first of their reactions comes in Calvary, where the Swifts, freshly armed and reinforced by the Nimshifts, are tasked with apprehending anyone they suspect of looting. This is used as an excuse to harass and hurt the communities and their organisers. It sours into a series of skirmishes in the ward's alleyways. Reprisals spread through the other districts too. The Nimkalads, whose power rests in the ownership of great swathes of the city, threaten rent rises and eviction for those suspected of radical action. Colstus Nimvrek, Parsons' leader of faith, threatens censure on any temple that doesn't return to normal functioning. Lena's is the only temple that resists. The real blow, though, comes two days later, on a summer's night bright with shifting constellations. We take in, for a moment, one of Nia's travelling performances. This night, it is in Atrium. 
the tumble shoot has become one long celebration. There is the smell of street food, most of it experimental hodgepodges of available ingredients made by the best of atrium chefs. At one end of the street overlooking the docks and the royal, Ezra's band plays. Ash dances in front of them, midrib beside him, both of them throwing flaming batons into the air. The rest of you I imagine scattered amongst the crowd, near torn between organising and preparing for Seraph performance, Ivar and Topaz shepherding a group of schoolchildren from Hinter. Oaken, maybe for the first time, at a celebration that doesn't centre around him, maybe for the first time enjoying this kind of event. We see others too. Nilcat, drink in hand, dancing to Ezra's music. Ash's sisters dance too. They have hands on each other's shoulders, and they are laughing. His parents, Avery, Dalton, and Mariana, watch on from their shop, which they've turned into a makeshift refreshment stand. Scran takes everything in. Notebook left at home, he scores notes on the back of his arms. And I think this is where we have the role. You have three dice because you filled all the clocks, right? Uh, yes, we did. Hell yeah. And the result of this is not necessarily how bad things will be, because I think it's going to be bad regardless. But it will determine how well prepared the communities and radical networks are. Who would like to roll? As soon as it's Zizz's events, is, do you want to roll to see how we do? Okay. Yeah. No pressure. It's a five. Five is good. There'll still be consequences, but it's not as bad as it could have been. The Free Ward of Atrium has stood for nearly two years. It's a monument of everything the Council hates and fears. And it's on this night, as you celebrate, that they come to tear it down. Led by two agents from the Ministry of the True, a large gang of Swifts raid the celebrations. They rip down the barricades, break up the party, and arrest anyone that resists. At the centre of their focus is Riala's harbour, Lena's temple. When they move to storm it, there is Lena Fisher, standing firm in its doorway. She refuses to move, to let the Swifts run amok inside. For several long moments, there's an uneasy standoff. Faced with the authority of the priest, the Swifts are unsure of how to act. The ministers hold no such fears, though. One of them steps forward, and Lena is hauled away. Her arrest, though, buys time, letting the radicals that are inside escape into the night. Arrests like this happen simultaneously across the city. The Swifts come for those they see as ringleaders of the unrest. Mostly, though, those that they come for get away. The revolutionaries were prepared. People tip them off. Runners carry warnings across the city. The radicals go into hiding. Moments before the Swifts sweep in, Nilcat finds you all. Sensing that the storm is coming, he tells you all to take shelter. Not everyone gets away, though. And this is where your entanglement comes into play. So, from the book, faction with whom you have negative status with makes a play against your holdings. Give them the claim or go to war. 
And I think what's worth flagging here before we go into the description is that your one claim is an informant network. And I want to be fair here to the stakes of the fiction and the world of setup. And I want the consequences of revolution in the city to feel accurate and honest. But I also want to make sure that both you as players and the audience have an input and warning about how we paint this on screen. So I'm going to describe very broadly with no direct description of violence, but I want to content warn again here about police violence and specifically that resulting in named NPC death. And I will timestamp if anyone wants to skip, that'll be in the episode notes. And if you do, I just want to name that character so you know what's going on as Foible, one of the revolutionaries from Ezra and Ivaskor. Does painting broadly and doing that make sense to everyone? Does that sound good? Yeah, I think I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fine to me. I don't like it, but yeah, yeah, totally. Here's what happens. In amongst the Swifts and the Ministers, the Nimshif send their own agents. Under the cover of the authorities' strikes, the authorities that they largely payroll, the Nimshif send members of their own private militia. Their objective, explicitly, is to hit at the jubilant maybe and all of the people who support you. They want blood for your assassination of the imposter Oaken. They want to show that no one is allowed to harm them. Thanks to Nilcat's tip-off, you all managed to get away safely, as does most of your network. But some people get caught up. The next day, when the authorities retreat, and people finally feel safe enough to step back out onto their streets. A body is found amongst the rubble of the torn-down barricades. Foible is found dead. And I think it's up to you, and I think it's up to you, about whether or not you, you take the loss of claim, or whether you strike back. I think it maybe makes more sense for us to take the loss of claim. Like, Nimshif is a big family, and if it gets out that that's who's after us, I can see that that really would impact people's willingness. Well, you want to just hide and let them get away with this? Fuck that, we go to war. Yeah, a war. J- just just you and me, Ash. Just the two of us. And yeah, sure. Nimshif. If, if, if that's what it takes. They can't find us. Do you want to pick a box out for me to bring you back to your parents in then? Oh wait, I won't be able to because I'll also be dead. We Obviously we don't fight them in the streets, we fight them up front. We we find the things that, that, that are valuable to them and, and, you know, we show people that we're fighting. We can't just lie down and let people know that we're, we're not willing to fight for them. That's what we're here for, isn't it? We're supposed to be fighting. Ash, we already killed Oaken, or fake Oaken. We already, we already did that. Yeah, and look where that got us. I don't know what else we could do. We can go we can go at the Swifts or or We cannot uh, have uh, a go at the Swifts, Ash. There's four of us, five at okay. best. Okay, well well the the Nim Shifts that they're 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 payrolling the Swifts, right? What if we stole their stole their wages? Do you wanna rob the Nim Shift estate? We can't just roll over. Hell yeah I do. Uh oh I understand look I'm not saying we'll do nothing. I'm saying we'll do now. Now. Yeah, and everyone in the city sees us doing nothing. Ash Foible was my mate, all right? And I know you're upset, because I am fucking upset. But 
We can't. We can't do nothing. We have to do something. We'll do something. We will, but we cannot. We cannot do it now, Ash. Everyone's hurting enough as it is. I'm not bringing Swifts round our door. Not right now. Well, I'm gonna fucking do something then, and storms out. Oh, can can you can you talk to him? Yeah, and then I think Oaken will follow Ash outside. I think you find him sat on the the edge of the roof of the warehouse that the carousel's in. He's sort of scrambled his way up to the roof and has just sat there staring out at the city. I'm going to like respectfully but coolly jump up to where Ash is. Just making sure it looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sensitively but aware <laughs> of how cool I need to look. Um, like, Ash... I get it. Well, I don't, but like, I know that to you, like on your scale, people must hardly ever die. So it's a really big deal. The, th- the thing is, though, is like, you know, my, my family, they're the best. And what you're doing is you're rushing in without saying the litany, right? Like you, just, you need to light the candles. You need to do the training. I don't think you need to light the candles, but you you do need to do you, you do need to do the training. But you know you you just some scrawny kid. No no offense. What are you talking about? I'm I'm trying to help. I, 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 I <laughs> okay. I th- I thought you'd you'd understand if something if somebody does something bad, you go and stop them. That's that's like what you do, right? If someone tells me to, I do, but. Who's telling you, you know? I I, I think um, Nia does not have a lot of faith in Oaken. <laughs> I think very few people in the group do. <laughs> <laughs> except so, somehow Ash. <laughs> except somehow Ash. And had kind of a bad feeling about Oaken being helpful. So followed both of them outside and is seeing the train wreck that say expected and might step in here if that's okay (laughs) you know what that's fine by me so Nia kind of gently floats up and is in the air but near where Oaken and Ash are and it's just Ash like Oaken's trying to help but really we are going to do this but we need to have the backup first. We need to gather everyone and do it together. And when we all fight, it's going to be amazing. But you, you two said it was important that everybody saw what we did. And now someone's dead. So shouldn't we be showing that we're not scared, that we're, we're still willing to stand up and fight out loud? Ash, we will, but we can't all die in the first battle. How will we go? How will we go for a walk? Let's let's talk this through. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think as they as they sort of head off together, Ash sort of says quietly to Nia, Nia, I killed him, didn't I? Oaken, the other Oaken. Yeah, you did. And I don't, I don't think it was an accident. I think I wanted to. Yeah, you did. 
Come on, let's let's go talk. Okay. 